Welcome to Cowl Fans, a Popped Off podcast, the casual fans' home for Overwatch League news. We're coming at you from Florida and Philadelphia. What? 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 Here to bring you the scoop on the grand finals that just went down, which we are very excited about. I'm Alurimore. I'm Haller. And we are definitely in a Discord call because we're already getting audio artifacts. Yeah, boy. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. No. So Haller, tell us tell us where you are. So I I you you said I'm in Philadelphia. For the sake of the show, I should say I'm in Philadelphia, but I'm actually in New Jersey. I'm oh. not a liar. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> we uh Hung out in Philly until about nine, and then jetted back. Wow! Not literally in a jet, but you know how it is. Pretty slick. Pretty slick. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm still in Florida in my regular uh, home office, where I have been many times. So, grand finals. Yes, sir. Let's. Uh, I mean, I, I would like to talk about Grand Finals for a long time, but it doesn't feel like Grand Finals went on long enough for us to do that. No, but good thing we both went to Grand Finals events as well, and I'm sure those events, maybe, and I'm not sure about the Orlando event, because obviously I wasn't there, but there's definitely a lot to talk about that went down at the actual Grand Finals. It was pretty hype, as you could probably tell. My voice is a little... <laughs> messed up <laughs> just a little yeah so i'm recovering it wasn't like yeah as you said it wasn't as um there wasn't as much to scream about mostly just me um pestering my girlfriend screaming in her ear about being upset at ultimate usage and other other things <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness yeah, do you want to do you want to start with the events and then we can move on to the um to the game itself? Yeah, that'd be fine. That'd be fine. So tell us how things went down in Philly. So things started really, really early in Philly. So at ten o'clock in the morning, so the game started at three p.m. Eastern time. If you're not on the East Coast, um, at ten p.m. or ten a.m., um, there was something called Fan Fest. So basically, they took a good portion of the Wells Fargo Center parking lot. And it just set it up with all these booths and things to do um, for just just the fans. Um, there was Bud Light had their like own section, so there was this. It was you had to like even go through security check, and then there was this wow. whole area like gated off um, with all this stuff. Um, and then Bud Light had their own section with that Bud Light payload. I don't know if you saw the pictures. There were some tweets going out by like the Overwatch League. I think um, I saw. Tech I think Fendler, I saw a picture. They had that Bud Light show. Yeah. So there are a few pictures. It was kind of. It was kind of cool actually. It was pretty heavy Bud Light branding, but they did have. It said like the. It called it the Bud Light payload. The truck that was holding the Bud Light. So like that was a a cool little like very overwatch specific kind of nod yeah. um and then on the back of the truck the pictures there was um like i think it said grand finals and then there was a shock logo and a vancouver logo um that was pretty cool and apparently a bunch of the talent team stopped by there 
Um, I don't drink, so I didn't even bother going to the box playing Halo. <laughs> um, but it looked like they were giving away like some free shirts as well. Um, they said something about gaming and had like controllers on it. I wasn't really interested. So I just kind of skipped right past it because it was a completely different section. Okay. Um, but there was a cool part too as well where they actually um, they got everyone to walk behind the truck as it was moving, like they were escorting the payload. That <laughs> seemed fun so far. Um, but that happened later in the day. But yeah, so we got in um, and there was a whole ton of stuff to do. Like we probably did half the fan fest and we stayed from um 10 until 12 30 so a solid two and a half hours and then we decided we should get in line for the wells fargo center wow um, to actually get into the grand finals so apparently everything we did um the first thing we did is because we were smart people and know how to utilize and read the tweeter um there was an MVP trophy, which was like in all the articles, like the Overwatch League article, you could see, hey, come take a picture with the Overwatch League trophy. But New York tweeted out, if you go buy the trophy between 10.45 in the morning and 11.15, Jonak's going to be chilling there to take some oh. pictures. So we went right there. It was like a surprisingly small amount of people knew that Jonak was going to be there. There was one dude in a Jonak jersey I was talking to. Um, the three people in my crew, and then I think a group of like two groups of two girls, and that that was it. That was like everyone who was waiting for the Jonak thing, and then wow. so we were one of the first people to get a picture, um, like six in line or whatever, um, and so yeah, we got to meet Jonak. That was really cool. He, it was kind of crazy because like at first, like you he kind of like snuck in and you're like, Oh crap. How, when did Jonah get here? He's like super <laughs> sneaky. But once he was like in photo app mode, the dude had a lot of presence. I don't know if that's just because now I'm recognizing him. And that was like me putting that presence onto him because I know who Jonah is, but I was like, dang, okay, Jonah. Like he felt like he, he had a lot of, uh, a lot of swagger, you know? <laughs> sure. Feels like so that's, feels like that's part of the course for New York though. Yeah, that's pretty true. But he was really nice. Um, I had to take a picture with him. And, like, it was funny. It was supposed to be him and the trophy, but most of the time everyone was standing in front of the trophy. <laughs> you were just taking a picture with Chonek. I think I only saw, like, one girl was like, I'm going to stand on this side of the trophy. Because she didn't I, – I don't know if she didn't want to stand too close to Jonak or she really wanted the trophy in it. Right. Uh, but most people were, like, just, like, arm around Jonak, standing right next to Jonak. And he was always like, hmm, mean mugging. Yeah, um, but that was really cool to be able to meet Jonak. Um, I was with two NYXL fans, so they were super elated to be able to to meet him. So that was a really neat thing, especially in like fan fest. Usually, like I feel like meets and greets are more like something you pay for, right? Right. Um, so that was really neat that it was just kind of a general thing, and if you were just paying attention, you would just line up and be there. Um. Otherwise, they had they had a bunch of photo opportunities. So there was a foam pit. I didn't get to do this one. I wanted to. I really wanted to. <laughs> it just time time got away from you. Um, there was a pit where you could like jump into it and hold a tracer gun, and they wanted you to do like a blink pose as you fell. Um, I saw a video of Stratus dabbing into it. Um, so I <laughs> guess people were doing that too. <laughs> I bet they were. 
Yeah. Um, but it, that's that was probably the well, okay, the second coolest prop. The, what I thought was the coolest prop, and I posted a picture of Twitter on it. They had like basically a mock Overwatch League stage walkout, so it was like a big, the door. massive, like Overwatch door, and it would like open up, and they would it would shoot smoke and everything as if you were like this walkout for a big event, and you and your friends could walk out of it, um, do a little walkout, and then you would be able to get a gif of your walkout. So yeah. if you haven't seen it already, you could check it on my Twitter. Naturally, we did uh, mayhem-inspired walkouts. We actually, it was actually quite um, choreographed and advanced. You only saw the first half of it was captured in the GIF, but we did like the sea whoosh. Like he does, you know, he does that like arm up thing. Yeah, um, and he like alternates arms and like tries to get the crowd hype. I let out with that, and then as I crossed the threshold, we all got into Gangnam style, and we Gangnam styled out. And oh, then no. once we once we <laughs> got like a certain distance close to the camera, we Naruto ran and split into two, and went right <laughs> and left, and then formed a line and came back to each other in the middle. So we were like a straight line in front of the door, and then all struck Overwatch. But but you could no. you didn't get the rest of this captured. Just only the first part. No, no, it was just it was just the first part. We didn't like give anyone our phones beforehand. We thought the video would have captured it all. Uh, only it cut off after the Gangnam style. So all you're gonna have is my verbal description. But the crowd seemed to love it. There were many there were many chuckles um, <laughs> as we did our walkout. So we're, it was for the people. For the people. That's right. Um. <laughs> Otherwise, they had like a bunch of cool stuff. So Toyota had a booth where you could, you had to like sign up to. I don't even remember what you're winning at the Toyota booth. I signed up for so many raffles, um, but Toyota had some kind of raffle you could sign up for, and uh, they gave you this scarf. This is a scarf. It's not a headband. I'm just wearing it as a headband. Nice. Um, because I already have a scarf on, <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, so they gave you a scarf if you signed up for the raffle, and then you had an opportunity to take a picture. It was like you would sit in. If I cared about cars, I would tell you what kind of car it was, but I could honestly care less. I remember it was a hybrid. That's that's about all, the best I got for you. But it's kind of, kind of like four-seater car, um, and they had a camera like set up on the dash, and so you can like go in and take a picture, and you would... You had the choice between San Francisco Shock and Vancouver Titans. The and the whole outside of the car was like decaled in the team's like logo and name, but um, you didn't really see that in the picture because it was just mm. inside the car. But what you did get to do is you got to choose what your role was. You could do damage, tank, or support. Okay. And if you were damage, it would like superimpose um, in the middle a Sombra, a tank would get Reinhardt and. Uh, support got Lucio, so that's pretty cool. I posted it on our Instagram if you checked it, um, our story. But there was a, uh, there was a, we had a Lucio. A lot of us are support mains. My friends seem to all be support mains, except for you. Welcome, damage main. I, uh, I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. Roll Q teaches you the craziest thing. I didn't <laughs> know I was a support main until I did roll Q, and I'm like, oh, apparently I'm a, I'm a support main. Yeah, there you go. Now we know. I think that'll fall the second uh, Moira's not meta anymore. But <laughs> yeah, so we got to take a picture with Lucio. 
Um, there was a create your own upper deck card. I think they had that at the Atlanta Fan Fest, right? Or no, whatever they did not have the it. upper deck card. Oh, okay. they had that the at the LA deck. event. The LA event was when I started seeing those at the on Twitter. Okay, right at the Los Angeles event. So yeah. like you got to like take a picture of yourself, um, and then get create your own custom card. I didn't get to do that. Um, there were two different lines for the upper deck booth, and I apparently stood in the wrong one. But I did get some mayhem cards. I got like just a straight up Florida mayhem card. If you have, if you're watching us on YouTube, too high, too high. Too too high, right in front of my face. There you go. All right, there we go. Yeah. So we got a mayhem card. Um, let's see what else. I got a really new. So uh, I got a BTB card, and if you oh. look at this, so I got four cards in total. I'm gonna hold both sideways, and I don't know if you can see, but this BQB card is like sick because there's like an actual jersey inside of it. Like this is felt. Oh, it's like really interesting. That's cool. So I got a BQB card. I got a uh, signed. Wow. And then I got a. Classic. I think from this season too, yeah. So for the minute, him cutting in and out just a little. Yeah. Oh, am I? Yeah. Okay. Well, ho hopefully it fixes itself. I don't have too much control. We'll, uh, <laughs> you know, Discord troubles. Discord troubles. Just what it is. So this I is got why we record in the studio. Yeah. Um. But the fan fest was actually it was really really cool. The only complaint that we had is it just wasn't long enough i um not great i got these like cool like the posters from the stuff as well they were giving these out for free nice if you waited in the line so i got one for shock over here too but tons of cool photo opportunities tons of things to do there were like a billion raffles i didn't even get to all the raffles t-mobile was giving away jonax gaming rig um they had a create your own phone case thing um what? where you could like put team logos in and stuff and it would like print it out or something and you could like put it on i don't know if you put it onto your phone case that um, sounds cool though i was holding our spot in the jonas line well so my friends did that i didn't really i like my phone case i have an otter box and a new, new one but yeah it seemed like a pretty cool opportunity yeah. um one of my friends is rocking it now so yeah overall fan fest seemed really really cool yeah. Um, the event as a whole felt better than last year. Cause like last year, you just sat outside the arena for like five hours, burning alive. Like the attraction, everyone is out there doing it. You read into people. I got to meet Anthony while waiting in the merch line. Mm. Um, he was really, really nice. It was awesome getting to meet Anthony. Um, yeah. And then once you got to the event. There wasn't as much set up around the venue. There were like merch you could buy and stuff like that. Um, but most of the most of the people like you got your fill of it in the fan fest. And so once you were in the venue, you were starving. They promised food at fan fest. There was just the single guy walking around giving away free Pringles and Cheez Its. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that's so disappointing. That's exactly the, uh, the most filling of things. But, um, yeah, so I got into the venue. Actually, I had some really good food. Chicky and Keith was really, really crazy. Um, 
six seats too. It was um, you couldn't like choose your seats when you bought, but I bought them so early that like I went, I bought them right as they came up, so I had seats like front row of one of the side sections. Yeah, so that on the, to on the, the stage. Pictures. Yeah, so the closest side section to the stage was section one hundred one on the left, and I was so pretty darn close, right up in the front. Yeah. There was like a place you could put your food down. We had actual like all along the bottom. There was like a they built up like a little um like little cubbies like you could use as like cup holders or like storing bags and stuff. Oh, nice. Um, it was it was really really nice, and you had a really you could see people's faces when they weren't like so short that they were behind their computer screens. Right. But yeah, grand finals. It was really really cool and a big step up from last year and it, it honestly felt like grand finals learned a lot from the homestand that's good so i'm excited to see especially as we get more homestands see how this evolves and see if you know they keep taking the best of everything that has been set in place but i i really enjoyed it it was a super fun event yeah so i was at the chaos cruise watch party in orlando at full sail <clears throat> and um, they held it in the Fortress venue, which, if you've been watching online, Mayhem has been announcing that their Orlando homestand is going to be at the Full Sail live venue, but they've been showing pictures of the Fortress venue. <clears throat> yes. Which has been mighty confusing. But after going and, and visiting the Fortress venue, I can safely say that if they use the Fortress venue, they're morons. Right, it's too small. It's right? so small. It's so. I mean, they make you think that it's. They, they make the pictures make it look much bigger than it really is. They it looks like it should be a thousand seat, a fifteen hundred seat venue, right. but but you get in there, they have a seating capacity on the door that's less than six hundred. Okay. Yeah, there's no way. Um, but it is a very nice venue that I enjoyed a great deal. So. Mm. Um, it does. It does feel like an esports arena, which is excellent. Um, they've got their own little ring of LED screens in the center. They had the Mayhem logo, and it was sponsored by GameStop. So they had GameStop. It was just in this ring around the center of the room. They've got a nice LED wall already set up in there, and that's where they projected the game onto. And honestly, it was it was quality video. Um, so the game was clear. The screen was large and big enough for you to see. Um, we sat on the floor, and the screen does go all the way down to the floor of the stage. So some of our people's heads did get in the way of the health bars and stuff, and the ultimate charge at the bottom when we were watching an individual player. Um, but they also right. had a bleacher section up on one side. So um, if you were in the bleachers, it probably didn't feel too bad. Um, but after being on the floor for a little while, I got used to not looking down at the bottom for their ultimate charge, just looking up at the top to see those kinds of things. Because it's all right. up at the top, so um, really not a big issue because, like I said, the screen was clear, so it was really easy to see what was going on. It was big enough right. and all that. It was really good, really good. Sounded good in there, looked good in there. Um, Squatch was the MC of the event, and... We were not there on time to catch any of their pre-game stuff, which okay. there was some of. Um, it didn't look like there was a ton of pre-game stuff, but um, right. Probably but like you know, raffles. And stuff. They had some raffles. 
Um, they had some computers set up and uh, in the sort of foyer where you could play Overwatch before the game started, and people were playing and stuff when we got there. Okay. Um, so f- fun things to do, and uh, Full Sail's Armada, which is their esports team, was was there, you know, advertising and supporting collegiate esports, which is always a good thing. Um, nice, definitely. Yeah, and they had their uh, Gift of Life registry there as well, and you could get on their Gift of Life registry. Um, and they had some one-of-a-kind mayhem pins for people who did that. That's uh, cool. Squatch did a good job emceeing. He uh, definitely fell more into it the longer he did it. And uh, he, afterwards, I got to talk to him. He said he was kind of nervous about it. Um, but the longer right. he did it, he I came. Say that on Twitter. Yeah, he came into it really well. And he did a great job. Um, Swoosh was there. Right. Swoosh is kind of just this right. fun, goofy guy. Um, yeah, I met him last year at Grand Finals too. He was there, and yeah, that's that's what I remember of Swoosh. That's kind of <laughs> what he, he's he's what he, what he, he's what he seems like, right? <laughs> right, right. So um, you know, when when the whole event was over, I was like, hey, can I get your picture? And he was like, oh yeah, yeah, come get a picture. Yeah, you can get a picture. <laughs> And then other people were up and were like, hey, when you're done talking, can I get you to sign something? He was like, forget that. Let's just sign the thing. I've got a pen right here. We'll sign, you'll sign your jersey or whatever it was. Um, they had some Florida Mayhem merch for sale. That's cool. There, they had uh, the home and away jerseys. Okay. And they had their third kid jerseys. Neat. But, Ooh. yeah. Were they, yeah, tell me about the third kid jerseys. Were they like the ones, because like, you could only online buy the ones that were like inscribed with player names. I think these were the blank ones. ones. Oh. But I did not get one. VIP. So, first off, they were like $10 cheaper than they are online. They were only 60 bucks. Oh, that is. That's 20 bucks cheaper, I think. I think it was 80. They were 70 the last time I checked. Oh, yeah. They keep dropping prices on stuff. But, but, and this this is a big point against them, they were only accepting cash. Or a particular app called Cash App to pay for your jerseys, huh? That's interesting. Instead of yeah, I've heard of Cash App. Yeah, um, interesting. I didn't want to download another app to to pay somebody for something. I did not have sixty dollars in cash on me. I did not buy a jersey. Uh, um, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and so the Cash App that they were using was actually. Um, LP's personal cash app thing to send him money, which I'm certain he's just gonna send. He's got to send all the money over to the team when he's done. So like they did, probably don't care how he receives it as long as they he re- they return the merchandise and the appropriate amount of funds, you know. Right. Um. But right. I really feel like if Mayhem's gonna send you down there with their merch to sell, they should probably also send you with a square reader or something. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That. Yeah. That felt that felt like a pretty significant oversight, considering how well the watch parties have been going. Otherwise, um, yeah, they had some giveaways throughout the evening, um, in between games and in between or in between maps rather, not games. There was only one game, and um, they were pretty good giveaways. They had some headsets and stuff like that, and uh, it was all based on their hashtag. So you had to hashtag things with the GameStop performance lives here, and with the Florida watch party okay. hashtag. And then then that entered you into their raffles, um, which yeah, that's pretty neat. And um, I saw some people with some posters that must have been given away pregame, or maybe they were at a table and I didn't see them, and I just missed them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but so they they were um, they look they looked like some of Anthony's work, just um, mayhem skinned heroes in cool shots. They looked right. pretty good. Um, I just missed them. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where those turned out to be coming from. Um, right. See here, Microsoft was there. Uh, doing some sort of Microsoft for education table. But um, okay. there wasn't anybody at it when I got to it because I came up between maps. I went out and checked it out and stuff. So okay. I was trying to watch the game. Um, so it felt like a really good watch party event. Um, and right. it was nice to have a venue that was just dedicated for this watch party. You know, We weren't at some mm-hmm. Wild Wings with just a bunch of people there and, oh, here's this section right. that's for watch party. The whole thing was for the watch party. It was really nice, and it was pretty full. They filled the venue pretty well, which That's is awesome. which is good. Um, cool, you know. And uh, but it it's a it's nice. It's full sale is in a weird location I've never been, and so as I was on the approach to full sale, I was like, I'm in the middle of I'm in Orlando, and I'm in a populated area, but I'm kind of in a middle of nowhere section of Orlando, if that makes any sense right. at all. I was like, am I in the right place? And then all of a sudden, here's this full sale sign, and and then you're there. And I was like, oh, well, that would have been real easy to miss. So um, we did drive past their live venue on the way out. It does look like it'll be big enough to hold the homestands, though. So I'm hopeful. Um, It's not gigantic, but it'll be, I think it'll be enough. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. Um. Squatch was dressed up real nice in like a suit, suit coat, a sport coat, and a button-down shirt. He looked good up there on the stage. But if you looked around mm. and and uh, tried to find LP, if you didn't know who Alonzo was, you would have been like, "That guy is not in charge." No. No, he looked like I mean he could, he looked like he could have been a roadie, and his he had his sleeves cut off and he and his hat on and just running around. And meanwhile, the MC is in this nice. You know, sport coat and all that. Everybody's right. dressed nicer than he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I if flying under the weather is your thing, if you're in charge of an event, that's that's a good way to do it. Um, but he was running around like a crazy person, so got got to give that to him. You know, right. I understand the desire to be comfy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a it was a pretty good event. I was pretty pleased with it. Um, you know couple little oversights, but honestly, I don't think I've ever seen them host an entirely purpose, purpose-driven purpose event like this. It's just been an event that's happening at another place that's already operating. If, right. if Mayhem exactly. wasn't holding a watch party here, this whole place would have been shut down today, kind of a thing, you know? Right. So, um, I, I don't know if they've done other watch party-driven events like that. I've not... I think they did something like that for... Um. Oh uh, golly, the All Star Weekend last year, maybe. Yes, I think that sounds like. Yeah. Like so for only their right. second time, really, pulling something like this, maybe Grand Finals last year in Miami. They did. Uh, they did Grand Finals in Miami. Yeah. Yeah. I so think that was at the uh the Miami. It was at a movie theater though. Oh, was it? I thought it was. For some reason, I thought it was at American Airlines, like a portion of it. Oh. Okay. Maybe I'm confused. I don't really, I don't really remember. I could be confused too. I don't know, but it's so. This is like only their second or third one of these purpose-driven events, 
and it's not even a mayhem game. I could see why some of these things are happening, but as they go forward, I'd definitely like to see them, you know, um, support Alonzo a little better in this, you know? Send a guy Square Reader. Come on, guys. You want to sell your merch. We want you to sell your merch. I wanted to buy it. Yeah. I I did. You know? Because that's all I would have taken, and I'd have been like, yep, I'm going to get me one of those right now. Yep. So, um, but it was a good time. Uh, the crowd was really hype in there. Um, I got to meet Duck Cosplay nice. while I was there, who is uh, one okay. of our fans, and I'm certain he's going to be thrilled to hear his name on this podcast today. Nice. Yeah. Cool. He... I also got to meet a fan while I was at a grand final. Yeah. Go ahead. Tell your character. Well, he was in the cosplay contest. He cosplayed as McCree. Right. And okay. Um, Squatch called out the name Duck Cosplay, and I was like, "Oh, that guy. He's." You know, I see him like our stuff on um, Instagram a lot. And so mm-hmm. um, there he was. And I was like, that's the guy. He's one of our, you know, interactors. So that was really cool. And, uh, you know, to put a face to this name that I see on all of our alerts. Um, mm-hmm. That was good. He also commented to me about, you know, how he can tell that we do not uh, Instagram very well. Which made me think that we should probably find somebody who That's likes funny. us and uh, likes social media and wants to do it for us. Because social media is hard, guys. For anybody, yeah. for all of you listening and or watching, social media is my biggest pain in the butt. Right. And, like, we use Facebook and Twitter. Like, I use a lot of Twitter. He uses a lot of Facebook. So, at least we understand those mediums. But neither of us use Instagram or anything. Yeah. It's a so <laughs> we don't really know what we're doing there. Hopefully, you enjoyed the story yesterday. If you checked it out, we were trying to update that with things. We did the best we could. At, but yeah, that's a, that's about the most Instagrammy we've probably ever been. So hopefully, that wasn't a total failure, Scott. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> so, so yeah, but um, no, it was a great time. I had a really really fun time in there just being around a bunch of other fans um yeah definitely liked it better than than my living room by myself right (laughs) yeah that's the thing it's always nice to be around people and feel that energy and the more people that can be there it's super cool so the wells fargo arena with twenty thousand people is always a really unique experience to just like you you can't even hear the casters man no (laughs) it's just it's just cheers and yells and everyone's getting it. Um, it's really sweet though, yeah. And I got to meet um, a, a cosplayer as well, um, Pinky Oats, one of our fans who listens from from New York. He's um, he he was down for the grand finals for the event in a NYXL colored Anna cosplay. He's looking really cool. I had actually seen him during the fan fest and. In, no idea it was him until we met at the Wells Fargo Center and I'm like I've seen you around I think like I literally think if I remember right you in the line to do the walk out to the overwatch door oh my gosh (laughs) that's fun but yeah I got to meet them they were super super nice it was really awesome getting to meet them and like we we got lost chatting and then all of a sudden I looked up at like the concession stand where they were like had a tv on that's pre-started. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But yeah, it was super cool getting to meet fans. I ran into a, a couple podcasters as well who recognized me, thought I was a <laughs> Thought you were what now? <laughs> alert. That was you. Oh they my were gosh. Like, hey, they stopped being like, hey, alert more. And I was like, howler. <laughs> LP got us confused too, and he's been on the show, so. Oh, did he? Yeah, he was like, yeah, hey, man, I, I saw Alurimores up in Philly. I was like, no, you did not. That is not what you saw. So what do we take away from that? What, is, what does that mean that everyone thinks I'm a Alurimore and you're a Howler? I, I don't know. What does that mean? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Does this, like, this is a compliment? Does this mean, like, Alurimores <laughs> is a more popular name? I don't, I don't know. It, it may be. It's but, a pretty unique name. It is, yeah. And I've had it for a long time. Sticks in your mind, you know? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I remember grouping with him in World of Warcraft. Oh, yes. Um, but yeah, maybe we should uh, get into the, the game now. I think I we should. that during the game, we had a few production errors, like in the arena. So like literally right before the game started, like everything. So I, the Zed set. How could I forget the Z set? How could you Zed forget the Z set? Was so much better than DJ Khaled <laughs> by ridiculous fashion. Just not even the music's better and everything, right? Right. Utilize what he was given and the stage was so much better. Like I don't know if he just communicated with the league more or he actually knew like the specs of because it was the same as last year's Grand Finals, basically. If he just understood what he was going to be working with more. But he fully utilized the stage from, like, uh, even, like, the booths. Like, the team booths, like, had Zed on it. Instead of, like, where it would say, like, Vancouver Titans yeah. and San Francisco Shock. Said Zed. He was utilizing the big screen. I'm not sure if you saw it on stream. But, like, saw it a little bit. there was, like, one section where, like, graphics were going. And then the two edges of it would like be showing Zed himself as he was like DJing at his booth. Yeah. Um like he just utilized it really well, had really sick graphics and like Overwatch specific ones too. Like there was that Overwatch League or the um Widow Zed skin. Did you see that? I did not. I it, that was playing um, while we were on our way over, so Jordan was watching that for the most part. Okay, gotcha. All right, 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 right. You relate. So I was just listening. That. So they're like there was this sweet Zed skin that he made like it was basically like an Overwatch League fan fan skin basically, but it was really really high quality. Okay. Um, and where, like the team logo would normally be like on Widow's back and on her um, uniform or whatever. Right. Um, it, there was like a Zed logo. It was it was really well done, and he had all these graphics where there was like Overwatch related things, or like there was this computer room set where Overwatch League games were playing in the background. So it was, like, really nice that, like, it, you, you know, you felt like he was actually, like, paying homage to, to the sport. That's awesome. Um, and was, like, supporting. I knew every song but the last one. And the last one came out on Friday, and, like, I only got to listen to it once. Um, so, and it was kind of unfortunate he ended on that song because, like, everyone was singing along to it everyone and then he got to that last one and everyone was kind of like eh gonna wave my arms because <laughs> the lady's telling me to but i really don't know this song and then it kind of ended like he i wish he would have ended more on like what he 
popular song, you know. But it was cool to get to experience a new song. And I understand why once the plays new song, it's it's new. It just came out. We were probably the first people to hear it live. Right. Um. But overall, it was really a really good concert. Everyone seemed to be loving it. Versus last year, I remember just everyone was like kind of standing around, looking at each other, kind of cringing and laughing and making jokes. It was really fun. It was one of my favorite memories of last year. <laughs> but definitely uh, more like everyone enjoying themselves. Um, I think the wristbands were set up to um, yeah, light we can up see that with with the concert. So yep. they lit up with the game too, but um, he he like he really utilized what what Overwatch League was doing to uh, the experience better too, which is super sweet. Yeah, so, yeah, and then immediately after the concert and then the broadcast, um, probably what ten panels just crapped out. I saw that picture that you posted. Yep. So there's like this big tear going through the San Francisco Shock logo. And then once we actually got into the game, this lasted for all of the first map and most of the second map. There was just this space where if anything was going on there, you wouldn't be able to see it, which was it was pretty high up on the screen. So it didn't really block too much of the actual gameplay. Right. But you you couldn't see Moss. You had no idea what Moss' health was or his ult chart. He was. Yeah. And you can. Yeah unfortunate especially at the big event to have like your screen not fully working the whole time and there were a few production oops as well we'll probably touch on that yeah the game the game so uh yeah i'm fortunate about that production oof but that's actually all those panels is probably due to a single um screen processor okay because once you get to a screen of that size made up of panels like that you're not running uh, graphics quite the same way as you do on a typical computer monitor. Okay. And so they run a bunch of processors that each have chunks of the screen in it. And so if one of those processors goes out, you'll right. lose every panel that's in that chunk of the screen that that processor's dealing with. So they mm. that's why they usually have backup processors on hand. And so they probably just pull it out, took the settings from the processor that failed, put them into the new one, and slotted it right back in. And then it was back up and running. There you go. There you go. If you were wondering why that happened. Now, now, now you know. Now you know the most likely cause of the problem, not the only potential cause of the problem, just the most likely. Sure. Just tell it to your friends. You'll sound smart. Yeah. Let them know. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, the game. So, I, I, I think we need to start off with the fact that um, map picks, map picks went exactly as expected. Yes, my forecast was partly right. Yeah, I got I got one part of it a hundred percent correct. Well, I mean, it was a little weird though, right? Because I'm pretty sure, if I remember right, you expected Shock to pick um, Eichenwald, and then Eichenwald. the Titans picked Eichenwald. I, I sure did. Yeah, and I think that bit them in the butt hard. Yeah, I um, think so too. <laughs> uh, clearly, I think that was bold. I was like Eichenwald, like that's a bold pick. And then they sub in Architect and um, Rascal, and I'm I'm just thinking, there's no way the Titans are expecting that. I think they they thought they had an advantage against Sinatra um, and Striker on that map. Yeah. And then 
totally were thrown off their game and did not game plan for that. So nope. coaches, well, don't don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't. They had all the tape on you. You had none on them. That was foolish. You should have gone to Kings Row. You've never lost to them on Kings Row, guys. Don't yeah. Yeah. So Matt, great job on Matt picks, though. You know, went to Anubis just like you expected. Um, avoided yep. avoided Rialto as expected. Mm-hmm. We went to even went to the map. I thought we went to um, Gibraltar. Watch for Gibraltar. Yep. So, so that well, all went well done. My my team pick, victory pick of mm. who would win each match. Was, I was I was 50-50. That's true. <laughs> that's better than most weather people. So that's good. And it's be- and it's better than almost all baseball batters. Uh, sure. Yep. I think a batting average of like thirty percent is considered extravagantly good. Sure. I I yeah, I know. Sports sports ball. Sports podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So. So the Vancouver Titans go to Li Zhang Tower as expected. But they did not win as expected. No, and there were really early, early signs of, oh no. Yeah. Um, overall, throughout the entire series, to me, if you're wondering what happened, I think a lot of it was San Francisco Shock was very good. I don't. I really stake coming from the Shock, but right. the Titans were playing the worst I've seen. Um, it didn't feel like, like kind of like when New York played shock, it just felt like New York was outclassed. Right. Um, this didn't feel as much of an outclassing to me as a team that was in their own head and feeding themselves. Um, outside one Hawksaw, um, not seismic slam, meteor strike, um, where you got that 4k on night market. Yep. That was like the only glimpse of teamwork I really felt like I saw out of the Vancouver Titans. Um, I think I'll it take was it all the first away from or them. second. Yeah, I am going to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. I feel like every single time, especially when we got on Hawksall's camp um, or Soman too, there was such a miscommunication between the DPS line and the tank and support line. Um, I it was on the first point control center. Um, first or second fight, we're on the Hawksall cam. Hawksall's going in to punch Choi Hyobin. Choi Hyobin's at like thirty five percent health, so if this punch hits, he's right next to a wall. He's gonna die, right? Right. Right as Hawksall lets that punch go, slime boots him out of it, and I'm like. That can't be happening. No. And I saw that throughout the whole series. People booping people's reach. So Sue would be getting a sick flank on Moth and is about to kill him. And then Moth gets halted out, out of the range of his, of his shotguns. And he just has to wraith walk back to his team. There are so many moments where, like, the Vancouver Titans had something going. And they pulled and pushed people away. They didn't seem to have the right focus. They weren't, the, the target calling wasn't there. Um, and then throughout the series, you know, to go through the rest of the maps, but um, they never really seemed to be, they didn't seem to be 
um, wind conditions weren't being communicated or or weren't being recognized or just for whatever reason weren't being executed. Mm. I'm not sure which of the three it was, but something was going down because there were so many times where Titans should have should have won fights, but they didn't use their ultimates properly. Um, it was incredibly disappointing to watch Evansky with that team play. Yeah, I uh, I generally agree with you. I was, while I was a little, I wasn't quite as disappointed as you were. I don't think. I think I was more impressed with the shock. Um, the shock okay. have shown an immense amount of mental fortitude to get here. They did. And the mm-hmm. fact of the matter is, I think, I think the, I think going into that first map, probably the Shock and the Titans were the most even before that first team fight. But that first team fight between them, the Shock decimated them. Yes. And I think that really, I think that really just, I think that really made the Shock go, go from, okay, we got to win this to, hey, we're winning this. And it made the Titans go from, hey, we're going to win this to, oh crap, we're not going to win this. Yeah. And, and I think that's, I think that single team fight probably shifted the entire momentum for that whole game i mean that was definitely the first momentum swing but like titans are a team that should be able to swing back like i've watched them in korea come back from a 3-1 deficit and win a grand final right um, right for sure like this is this is a team that like and we've seen even just stage one stage two playoffs momentum should be shifting we it never really felt like we got that real momentum shift they had a couple good attacks um but it's still even even when and Vancouver Titans were doing good. It's still were driving. It still felt like they had the momentum. They never, they like if you think about it, like a Harry Potter Voldemort battle, and they've got those like going at each other and like pushing back. Like every once in a while, Vancouver pushed back a little bit, but they never made it over that halfway point that mm. they were in control. Shock was always in their half. It did. It did feel, feel a little bit like that for sure. I almost. I thought the momentum was gonna swing in map two, so once we get to map two and the shock get their really good attack run on it, I thought it right. first. First at that point, it felt like it was like they were just gonna get rolled. Yeah, at that point, I was like, "Oh, this is over. Titans have been rolled over. Yeah. There's, there's no. Yep. This is that's it. It's done." And then Titans come back on their attack run and did. Basically, just as good. Two seconds worse. I mean, as far as I'm concerned. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's one point where, like, a Hammond just stalls out. But if they didn't get, like, that, the shock didn't get that second stall before um, Vancouver completed the map, it was literally about to be a tie score going in. It was going to be 248 to 248 on the yeah. So it was on a, on a nice edge there. Right. But what's so, so unfortunate is it's because on the San Francisco Shocks attack, like there's so much that um, the Vancouver Titans threw away. Um, on point C, like uh, the first defense that they attempted on point C, um, they threw out like two ults in a in a six v six. Or they lost two people. That should have been the call to reset, right? Right. Just reset. We still have four ultimates in our bank. Thing rolled the entire match. Um, they could have just reset and then did one last fight at the end of C. And that's a great place to hold because you get to poke a door. When they start pushing in, you fall around the corner. You get to push like 
you know, that chandelier again. Then you get the fall back to the payload. You get the poke again. Right. Like, you have such a good defender's advantage in that. But no, instead they lose two people. They use two ultimates. And then the four remaining people in a 4v6 decide we're going to commit all four ultimates and do nothing with them. And then shock only an extra ultimate, I think, to win that fight out. And then they've got two going into um, yeah. take to taking the final point, which is when you see Architect do that sick Bastion jump <laughs> up onto the chandelier. Yeah, he knew exactly what and he was they doing. Destroy them. Oh, that was oh, that moment and Twilight Sleep Start on the Rascal were probably the two loudest moments of the arena. Oh and yeah, definitely probably the two sickest plays we got to see. Um, that and the, oh, the hostile the the Huxall Forte. Yeah, those are the biggest cheer moments that I can remember. Yeah, so that, that one was cool because like the other ones were like kills and stuff, but that one was just like an appreciation of utilizing this field it was cool <laughs> yeah oh man the even the mayhem watch party was going pretty nuts when he got up on that chandelier we were like what's happening right? this is awesome uh, it was very cool um so yeah but i mean i you're right the the titans were just throwing things away mm. the reason i felt and... go ahead go ahead I was just going to say, and the problem is if they didn't do that, they could have won like even just one or two more fights and maybe then they hold and that map's just high. Right. Right. So that could, that could have made a ton of difference as well. But here's, here's yeah, another thing. They lost in the very last fight. Right. So the other thing is, well, it felt like the Titans were just throwing things away. It didn't feel like the shock was just throwing things away on their defense run when the Titans did their attack. And the Titans going to make a mistake. No, and the Titans still did basically just as good as the Shock without the Shock making mistakes. So I was pretty convinced at that point. I was like, look at this go. The, the, the Titans are going to make this comeback. The Titans are going to wind up winning this map. And then that, that, Farah, that Farah Bastion defense yeah. from the Shock, the Titans didn't know what to do. Yep. No idea. I mean, I mean, they should have because they managed to make it work the first go round, right? On their, on their attack earlier. But then, right. here they come doing it again, and the Titans are like, yeah, we know how to deal with this, but then the Shock, the shock adapted really well. They said, this is the way the Titans are going to attack, I this is what they're going to try and do, this is, they're going to be their target yep. selection, and, and they adapted really well, and the, sh and the Titans did not adapt as fast. No. So that's... Yeah, and they almost won it. Twilight almost, like, the entirety of Vancouver Titans had a pretty bad game. But someone who was definitely trying his darndest and was doing so good the entire match was Twilight. Doing so good. And he almost got Rascal and Moth. Yeah. Um, when he does that sick anti-nade. Oh, yeah. On to Rascal and gets the kill on Rascal. If that last stray rocket doesn't hit Twilight, he, he would have just taken out moth right there because moth was anti too yeah that would have been an easy kill you would have got that 2k that would have been what vancouver titans needed so that stray rocket rocket from rascal apparently it's now known as a rocket yeah um <laughs> <laughs> the key factor um for for them being able to win that map um i think if they did that they at least could have maybe started making some progress on a um and maybe even push the payload a little bit further, and that would have, you know, 
that would have given them potentially an extra defense compared to what they got. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they did seem confused. And, again, I don't think they were expecting Rascal and Architect, so I think that was a bit of, of a surprise. And everything they were running on that map, I expect, isn't what they were scrimming or preparing. Um, but that's that's a big... Um, big knock on the coaching staff to choose Icon. Um, when you don't know what your enemy team plays on that map because you literally haven't seen it all season. That you, you can't be doing that. Not in a game as big as this. Um, it's not just like, well, it's early in the stage and you're not going to know what any of the what the team does on any of the maps because the meta the meta's new. Like, those excuses are gone. You could have gone to a map like King's Row, where you're already comfortable, or like Moonbani, where at least you know what the San Francisco Shock run. Right. You go to Eichenwald, where you have no tape on them, and then they come out with a surprising strat. Like, it felt really disrespectful to me that they just, they thought, okay, we're really good at Eichenwald, we're going here, without taking the consideration of is Shock really good at Eichenwald? And we don't know how good they are, so maybe we shouldn't go. Yeah. Go good in a surprising manner. They're going to beat us. They were good in a surprising manner, and they beat us. Yeah, and so after that, it feels like the rest of the games was really just the same story as the first two maps, just over again. They had the same, yep. you had the same two teams, basically. Um, they swapped in Stryker and Sinatra and Rascal and Architect, and they did yep. those two those two team buildups again, and they basically played the same strats over again, just in the different map types. Yeah, and it's it's a shame because again, um, I think this could have been different if Vancouver Titans were making so many, so many big mistakes. They didn't seem to be understanding their win conditions. They didn't seem to be understanding why they were going to these maps or what. And they were just throwing these maps away. Like, I think they should have won Temple of Anubis. Um, I don't think, because if you remember, their point A hole was with the Vancouver Titans. Um, they nearly almost full held the San Francisco Shock. They took that in overtime. Right. Um, and then they just throw away the first fight. The only ultimate on the board going into their attack on point B was slime sound barrier and Rick Yeoman to take point a had just used graphitic flux so right. the reason you're saving sound barriers in this meta is for graphitic flux when it's when it's down something one of the big advantages and honestly it's how the san francisco shock took san francisco shock used it well maybe I'm trying to, because I'm about to say they're about to take point B using their ultimate. But there was one point where I remember the San Francisco Shock recognized that Danu had just used Flux, and so they didn't have to save Beat, used Beat to engage, and then just crushed the Vancouver Titans with it. Yeah. Where now Vancouver Titans have the opportunity to do that. Um, and they just hold Beat. For an eternity until Hawksaw finally goes down, and then they use B. Now it's a 5v6. Vancouver Titans doesn't feel comfortable getting aggressive, and San Francisco Shock just say, I barrier, and they just get behind cover, chill for a little bit, and then they collapse back on the point, kill them all, and then take it. Yeah, like those 
those missions, like that needed to be communicated. You know, okay, they just use flux. I have sound barrier. I should use this immediately so we can get an advantage out of it. And then I could start building up to my next soul so I'm ready for the next graphitic flux, right? Like you should have used that early, but you said, okay, we're gonna go all in at six. Hoxall, don't go on a flank, just punch in with us. Um, I'm gonna pop beat. We're all just gonna collapse onto the enemy team. We're gonna like whoever the target is, Orissa, Sigma, yeah. whoever they think is in the front line that they could kill really quick. We're just gonna collapse on top of them and we're gonna have this shielding, so we're not gonna have to worry about it. We're gonna kill them real quick. We're just gonna overwhelm the team. We're gonna win this team fight and then get ready for the next. The very least that team fight, there's no excuse for them losing the entire point based off of that. It was it was just a terrible ultimate. Honestly, Slime, I thought the entire season up until this game was by and away the best Lucio. Um, I think he had the dependability of Moth with a clutch factor that Moth was not as consistent with. Slime, I think, has the best mechanics. Um, Aiming-wise, he's really good at his wall-riding angles. He, I think he pumps out more damage than like most Lucios except Big Goose. Right. And Neptuno, maybe, but doesn't die as much as someone like Big Goose. It really so, to me, he was always like the best Lucio. To see him come out and have the worst game I've ever seen out of the guy was really sad. It almost feels like Vancouver Titans stopped playing as a team and started just trying to clutch yeah. everything out as individuals. Yes, yes, especially Janu. Janu was always going like Eichenwald every map. Janu was on these weird flanks and he was trying. Trying to go for these hero plays, and sometimes he would get a sick accretion from an angle the shock were never ready for, and get a kill on Moth or something like that. And you're like, "Oh crap, go Janu!" And then San Francisco Shock was just like, "Bro, what you doing here?" And then just, just collapsed on him and killed him right like, a billion times. Not, not to mention the <laughs> fact, yeah, it did, it did feel like everyone was trying to be the hero. They weren't trying to like play as a team and win as the Vancouver Tigers as they had right. Been. Right, and not to mention that, but Twilight also continued to play the Ana when Moira seems to be a pretty strong healer pick here instead of that Ana. But Twilight was getting all those sleep darts like you talked about, and it feels a lot like once again we just have another person who was trying to do those hero plays, be a carry, and go. Wow. I can get sleep darts. I can get these, and I and he did a good job. I mean, he was buying away the better player on the team today, yesterday. You play the Ana against the Bastion. I don't. I don't or like him trying to be a hero i think running lucio moira into a bastion comp isn't the best especially if you're not running the dean fist um if you're if you're running that may um the may reaper composition like they were running suits the comp better okay so i don't mind the ana pick from twilight as much um but i do agree that it felt like Everyone was trying to be the hero, and instead of being a hero, they all just came out of school. Yeah, it was it was unfortunate. Yeah, and then I guess to just touch on map four really quick, it was more of the same. But again, it was not recognizing their win condition. So I talked about it in my forecast of why I think um, the Vancouver Titans were going to pick Watchpoint Gibraltar. Because this is a really good map, especially when you know they're running these Bastion comps, um, right. San Francisco Shock you can really exploit the high ground and punish the Bastion composition because it's really hard for them on the payload to like look that straight up. There's so much verticality. Yeah. 
in Watchpoint Gibraltar for you to be able to take advantage of. But they never gave themselves the opportunity to use it. Um, they had a really good early hold. I liked what they did there. Oh, yeah, that was um, a really good one. One point where they probably could have held even longer, but Somansu was on a sick flank and was about to do so much, and then everyone got halted away from him, and so he had to leave. You know, typical stuff is what we've been seeing in that match. Yep. And then they were holding that okay, and then they, they died, and then, okay, they should have had time for a point A hold. And then when they go, like, as the Shocker pushing into point A, Tizzy's in the middle of nowhere. Like, Tizzy should have been, like, back all the way at the wall, like, where the cart gets pushed in, or he should have been on the high ground trying to get some pokes before he dropped down. Right. Anything. But he's, like, by up away from um, his spawn and kind of right by that door. The server where, room you know, door? Side, not the server room door, but there's that side door that leads to the stairs that either goes down to the car wash oh, or okay. up to the high ground. Yep. Kind of towards the attackers. He was right by that door near none of his team. Twilight was didn't have a line of like none of his healers had a line of sight on him. He didn't have his off tank with him. He was just alone and just got decimated. And so he dies. And that means the Vancouver Titans can't even fight. So they just kind of stagger onto the point as much as they can. Like Hawksell just jumps onto it and ice blocks. Yeah. Like they just stall. They didn't win the fight. Um so San Francisco Shock basically get point A for free because of that. And then Tizzy gets split spawned because he died so early. Mm-hmm. And then they. So Tizzy just dies again, which means. San, so that means San Francisco Shock gets all the way to B. Um, well, and San Francisco Shock recognizes really fast when Tizzy gets split spawned. Yeah. They recognize that right. they're, they're, these other teams going to want to take this high ground. And they, they send their Bastion yeah, upstairs. You're right. So they didn't give yeah. Vancouver that chance. Nope, they really didn't. Um, and Vancouver kind of did that to themselves. And so Vancouver needed to win that fight on B because the entire reason you picked Gibraltar is for point A and point B. Once you're at point C, that high ground advantage is not there any longer. And San Francisco Shock are now at home. and They did not win a team fight until C. So mm-hmm. they were in the worst possible position that they could have been um, on that map because they really, they were playing for, for point A and point B, and they gave point A and point B for free because by the time they finally had an, a chance to actually try to put up a defense on B, Shock had already built up ultimates from them feeding into them the yep. past two fights. So San Francisco Shock just used some ults. Vancouver had nothing. Yeah, uh, and, that, and that and that was basically that, and that was the story of it, right? Some some big mistakes that I could pinpoint throughout every single map where if they had used that ult differently, um, this could have been an entirely different map. And we, we could have been going into a 3-1 storyline for the Vancouver Titans going into map five. Like, there was, there was potential for the Vancouver Titans to take some of these maps away. But they were making these crucial giant errors that are super unlike the Vancouver Titans. And the San Francisco Shock we're playing like the San Francisco Shock. They were not making mistakes. They were playing that top tier Overwatch that we've seen them play since they re- Uber Titans never rose to the occasion to meet them like they had the other two times. Right. 
So I think the Shock were playing really good and they were the better team. And I said last week as well on the show, I think Shock are the better team. But I think if Vancouver Titans just played top like we know they could, this this should have at least been a closer match. And I think they really, really could have won it. Um, even as a worse team to face off map pool, having the advantage of the first map pick as the home as like the home team or the top seed. Um, they really, they really had a good shot, but they they didn't play top tier Overwatch. They they looked like they should have fallen one out in quarters. Yeah. So, while it wasn't the most exciting grand finals, no, I definitely have to say it is a grand finals result that I am pleased with. Yeah. Yeah. So it def- it felt it felt well earned. It did. Sure. It did. Um, By and away, the Shock have pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed, and I think they earned this win, even as a 4-0. I mean, that's what they've been doing all season long, is having these huge win streaks. They're golden stage. They basically had a golden playoffs after that first win. They did. Yeah, they, they 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 are now running on the second longest map win streak streak in league history only behind their own that they set in stage two and they did it in the postseason they are riding into next season on a win streak that's unheard of like okay like obviously on a match win streak makes sense because you just went through the playoffs you should have been winning matches right Right. i know it's double elimination but like those sorts of things made sense like there was that storyline alive for the london spitfire last year but map win streaks insane mm-hmm. they borrowed everybody after their first game even through the grand finals and now they're going to be able to carry that on into the next in into the next season yeah like they might shatter their own record in the 2020 season that's like it's ridiculous that they even have the opportunity to do that oh it's crazy but <laughs> it's absurd even more than that and what's really satisfying me and i know you already know what i'm fixing to say mixed roster. the mixed roster won yeah. the grand finals and they didn't kind of win the grand finals. The mixed roster won the heck out of the grand finals. Yep. This is glorious. I mean, this is a lot. And the way the, way the Vancouver Titans lost, too. Yeah. Bad communication. Bad synergy. Like, those are the two things that you're supposed to get. And that's the reason you go for a roster that all speaks the same language, be it all Korean or all Western, like the Houston Outlaws. Um, you do that because your team's going to be able to communicate, and that should help with synergy. Right. Those are like the two ma- Those are the major arguments. And Vancouver Titans showed up, had none of that. San Francisco Shock show up, have all of that. So that really says so much. No. The it doesn't matter if your team can speak the same language. That's that's not what creates synergy and communication. Right. What creates synergy and communication is a good support structure, a good organization, and a good staff. Yeah, and just good experience playing with one another. I mean, these guys have been playing with one another. Yeah, it it, it takes just that's what it takes. And sure. this is good. This oh, go ahead. You really have to give so much credit to the staff. Like, yes, San Francisco Shock has been playing together. Yeah. For longer than any team in the Overwatch League, except like maybe New York. Like, these guys have been around for, for ever since 2016. Early 2017 is when 
Lunaway first formed as this as this core like Slime and Twilight are the only two that have really changed in that set of right. Janu as well. But like those guys have been playing together for an eternity as well. So yes, the experience helps and that's gonna build the synergy. So like you saw shocks rise in stage one, took them a little bit, but just think how quick Shock were able to make strides and adapt versus other teams like Washington Justice or early Florida Mayhem. How long it took us to figure out how to play as a team, right? Basically, yeah. never did. We had to wait until Corey and Saya player could start hard carrying them to really start to look good. Um, yep. To have a team like the San Francisco Shock make those early strides be able to, even when they lost to the Vancouver Titans, and I remember that podcast, and you still weren't sold on the shock at that point, but I was like, I'm seeing moments of brilliance from this team that they can match the Vancouver Titans. And two weeks later, they're in the stage finals, and yeah. they're matching the Vancouver Titans. Like, that shows to me that this team understood what it took to make a mixed roster work. They knew what they needed to do, and they were willing to put the resources into doing so. Um, I think it's a lot about Krusty as well. He had that great run with the Boston Uprising with the mix. He did, he did the first perfect stage back when it was harder to do a perfect stage because you had to play every team. You couldn't get a lucky schedule like New York was often accredited getting this season. Right. You had to play everyone. And to do that when the way Boston did it, was a huge achievement that was under Krusty with a mixed roster, Koreans um, and non-Koreans on the same team, really made it work, comes to the San Francisco Shock, does it again with a team that if you look back stage four, and even stage four when they had Sinatra and Super in the, in the lineup, did they look better? Yes. Did they look like world beaters? No, 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 mm -hmm. no. They looked mid mid tier at best not even up upper, upper mid tier like middle mid tier is like the highest i think you could say san francisco shock was um right and right to, to turn that team a team that definitely had talent and actually be able to utilize it says so much about crusty um and it says a lot about the the additional support that him and the staff provided to this so like just huge kudos to the shock organization and everyone just needs to be looking at this team and trying to figure out uh, what they do. You, I would want to be picking up players, picking up staff members of this team, picking their brains. What do we need to do to make this roster work? Yeah. Uh, uh, they, they, they figured it out. They figured out how to make a bench work. No other team has figured out how to make a bench work. Yeah. The closest Benches we've had has been dynasty and they have not done as good a job yeah. as the shock has. And a lot of time face their benches too, right? Everyone is who's tried to use a deep bench. It's blown up in their face. We had decided in season one that deep benches were not the way to go. You need to stick with the solid six. Shock have blown up that idea um, completely. Now you see this is what depth should have been. This is what we were hoping a depth of roster was going to be back before the Overwatch League started. And what we were we were putting up as all right, this is why a deep roster is going to be good. And then for whatever reason, it collapsed. I'm like, okay, we were dumb. Maybe that, maybe that doesn't turn out. We just, we're just, you know, Reddit analysts. We don't know anything. I, I like then, the deep roster. Shock, shock come out and it's like, bam, it can work. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think the way that Shock has done it has been, has been unique. And we'll probably do one of our episodes in the offseason about how the Shock made this deep roster work because 
Um, okay. it, it's, it's not the way I anticipated it. It's not the way I think that I think, you know, I've, I have this idea in my head of what I think will be the best way to use the fullest, deepest roster you can have. Um, and I don't think shock did that. I think shock succeeded by doing something very different than that. And I think that's honestly going to wind up being, there's probably a lot of merit to it. I think we're going to see that in the future and we'll definitely be talking about that because, um, interested to hear what you have to say. yeah, yeah, <laughs> you should be, I'm interested to hear what I have to say. <laughs> so, um, but, but I like that we have avoided the precedent of previous Korean champions win the Overwatch League. Yep. That's good. Safe. Good for the league. I like that we have a mixed roster that has won. I think that's good. I think that's good for the league in the future. And I, uh, like you said, we've given credit to this coaching staff. we got to give credit to the fact that they've succeeded with a deep roster. I think all of those things are good for the league and good for its future. Good for good for coaches. Good to have more players in the league. More people trying to figure out how to make this work. This can only end well, and it did. It ended yeah. gloriously, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. it's a young league. This is the second year it's been alive. Um, to have something that I think is this healthy for it in its second year is is a great thing. Yep. So, looking forward to seeing how things pan out in. Um, the 2020 season. I'm looking forward to seeing how Definitely. teams recruit in the off season. Recruitment in the off season the off is going to be super cool this year. I'm, today is when contract negotiations start again, so it's uh, it's going to be quick. We're going to be into this. Like, yeah. Um, teams can start signing new players. I believe in October sometime. I tried to um look at the um. Like the there's a free agency article where they kind of detail everything to states. Um, after Overwatch League updated their website, every article that was released before the update happened says a 404 error. Oh no! I, everyone's like, oh, it's so pretty. It sucks. The stats page doesn't work. Schedule look is not very easy to look at. Like get 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 your stuff together. Watch League. It's really frustrating to try to look at these old articles. Yeah. And be like, oh, it just says not found after the website. Redesigned. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I would love to tell you what the dates of the free agency are. I, I don't know where to find them. I'd probably have to find like a game house article or something. So I'll try to see if I can be equipped with that at some point, or hopefully some journalist writes something this week. Um, now that the season is over, and I'll come equipped with that information. Come on, Connor. But, where's yeah, your it, it, Where's your articles? Yes, I know. I know you've been enjoying Philly. You've been having fun. Um, get back to work. <laughs> boy, get back. Tell me what's going on. What should I be looking for? Um, and I'll I'll relay it to the people. Yes, but yeah, it should be it should be an off season because I do know um, most players, especially in the inaugural season, most players were signed to a one-year contract with a one-year option. So that means um, they were signed for a year, and if organizations wanted to keep them another year, they could activate that. Clause, right. Right. Now every contract needs to be renegotiated. Except so, any new, if anybody did a one-year with a plus-one option this year. 
Yeah, if, unless they were like newly signed or like the expansion teams, they don't so much fall under this umbrella. But there's going to be a lot of like your oh your original six. There are your original twelve teams. There can be a lot of shuffling. Yeah, some of these players that you're very used to being on certain teams and being like the face of those teams, and a lot of shuffling. So. There's already been some tweets from some of the Overwatch personnel, like this is going to make the NBA off-season team change. It would just hang on to your hats, kids. This could be a wild one. Um, <laughs> luckily for Mayhem, most of our players are new, so there are good players. Hopefully remain on our team. Yeah. Big question mark on Saya player. I think it's going to be the big one if we're able to see Saya. Um, that's what I'm going to be watching out for. I really hope we can. Yeah, they really um, need to just commit to keeping him, no matter what it takes, honestly. Yeah, he's he's kind of the face of the team. He's the most well-known player. He's been a star. He's always consistently performed. Is there coaching opportunity for Saya player? Yes. Um, does, does that opportunity mean like you should get rid of him because he doesn't always perform and maybe doesn't pop off at the right times or whatever your complaint against Saya player is. I think you can see he has the raw talent and that just means you need a better staff around him to make Saya player even better yeah. rather than let this guy go. He he has potential to be the best hit scan in the league. You keep that. Yeah. <laughs> you keep that at all costs. That's true. Um so well, it should be fun. And then there's going to be lots of competition against certain players. Um, as a good segue to next week. So this weekend, there's like no Overwatch. Overwatch League is done, right? Right. Um, but the week after that is going to be Gauntlet. So that's where all the contenders, the top contenders teams from every region, Europe, China, Korea, North America, um, the Pacific, I think it's all the regions that are going to be there, um, come together and are going to compete against each other, which is not a tier two scene gets often. Usually they're in their own little vacuums. We don't know how they stack up against each other. Korea is going to get to play. Europe is going to get to play North America. We're really going to get to see the best region, who are the best players. And a lot of the players that are going to play in this tournament are probably going to be in the Overwatch League next season. Yep. So if you're an Overwatch fan and can have the time, this is a great kind of a scouting opportunity at some of this talent so we'll talk about that next week i've got some players to look out for in general and also for you florida mayhem fans i've got some players i've got picked out that i really think um can either be good fits for the florida mayhem or i really just am expecting and would make a lot of sense for the florida mayhem to pick up because of their history they've played with some of the players on the florida mayhem or the coaches so well i'll break that all down for you We'll do that next week. So yep, we're gonna probably slow down during the off season. We're definitely um, gonna slow down during the off season. Yeah, <laughs> so it won't be weekly podcast here forward, always. But next week, next Monday, we will have a podcast. We'll be talking the gauntlet. Please look forward to it. Yep. So uh, that's all the time we've got today. So we appreciate you all for tuning in. Please, uh, please check us out on social media on Facebook. Twitter and Instagram, all of them at Cowl Fans, and uh, please be gentle with us. And you know, if you like social media and you like to post, uh, we try to keep things uh, G-rated around here as much as possible. So if you like to post G-rated content, you know, feel free to reach out because I'm bad at this. We will not pay you. 
Um, and uh, we don't make money. No, we don't. So, um, <laughs> um, also no. please make sure to uh, check us out. We're available on uh, YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, all the major podcasting platforms. Um, you know, and if you like us, if you've been listening to us for a while, or if you're just listening to us for the first time and you're like, these guys are ridiculous and I could enjoy them, you know, go ahead and uh, go ahead and subscribe and uh, come watch us more. We would like that. So thanks a bunch um, for that. And uh, one more big thanks to Popped Off, who helps us a ton. They are the reason we are hosted on all those podcasting platforms. We very much appreciate all the assistance they offer us. So. That is that. It was great to have you with us. I'm a Lurimore. Hello. Say it again. They missed it. I am Howler. That's true. He's Howler. <laughs> and we will see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>